Check, 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 check one, check two. Welcome to the Barry Barra Podcast. This is episode number three. Really do appreciate you being here. My name is Darman, uh, and just wanted to thank everybody that has been listening in so far. Uh, first order of business, want to say uh, we currently have a 25% discount on our website. That's www.barrybarra, B-E-R-I-B-E-R-A. Dot com. It goes towards the entire order. So if you're new to meditation or if meditation is something you still uh, that you've been doing for a little while and you're in need of a new cushion, feel free to check out the website. That's a 25% discount off of the Berry Berra Meditation Cushion. Uh, and that's good now through the 17th. So you have three days to take part uh, in this discount here, 25% off. Um, so feel free to go ahead, like I said, go to the website, check that out. Uh, what I go over in this particular episode is stoicism. Uh, we get a little deep into that. Um, kind of wish it was a little bit longer, but, uh, but, but it's, it's a nice cover into what stoicism is, how it's grown, where it came from. Uh, and then I go into some, um, particular passages from a, from a book, um, that I read through here, honestly, my favorite book of all time, but I'll go into that into the episode and, uh, hope you enjoy. And stoicism has been a big part of my life and big, uh, influencer for me and and something that's helped me through a lot of things that I've gone through and continue to go through on a day-to-day basis. Uh, it's something that you can apply in your life to, uh, to help make things, uh, run a little smoother. So again, really hope you enjoy this third episode. And again, feel free to check out the website, barrybarra.com, and grab yourself a meditation cushion for 25% off now through the 17th of October. All right, hope you enjoy. All right, so today I want to go over stoicism. So what is stoicism? Now it's something, stoicism is something that has started to gain um, some attention in recent years. It's a philosophy. It's a philosophy that, um, it's an ancient Greek philosophy that was started uh, several thousands of years ago. Um, If I'm not mistaken, it was founded by Zeno of Sidium if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, in Athens. Um, and that was in the early 3rd century uh, B.C. So it's it's been it's been a long time <laughs> since, since Stoicism has been around. And it's a school of philosophy. And this, is, this was a period of time where philosophy was very big. Uh, it was a big uh, part of life. Uh, it was a big part of culture. Uh, it's it's unlike today where philosophy, we really don't talk about philosophy much, uh, and, and we do provide it in school. You can get a degree in philosophy, but a lot of people say don't, don't get a degree in philosophy uh, because you won't be able to get a job. Uh, I'm not sure whether that's true or not. I'm a big fan of philosophy uh, in the practical sense of using it to help uh, in my day-to-day life, help to expand my mind, to open my mind, to become more intelligent, more wise, to help me with decisions 
uh, in my life and with situations that I come across uh, in my day-to-day. And so philosophy or Stoicism in particular, it flourished uh, greatly throughout the uh, the Roman and Greek worlds uh, until about the 3rd century AD, uh, mainly experiencing a decline as Christianity um, started to grow. Uh, but it's kind of funny because of because Christianity, and I won't go into it here, maybe some point later on down the road, but Christianity um, has a little bit of overlap with it uh, in some of the teachings of, of Stoicism and things like that. Um, and when you look at it, you know, Christianity or any, any kind of religion, they're all, they're all philosophies in a sense. I mean, they have, you know, every religion has deities and and God or gods. Um, but they all have a philosophy on, on how to live life and how to live a good life. Um, and, uh, it was the rival school of Epicureanism. Uh, which we will definitely go into uh, as time goes on. Epicureanism is another one of my favorites. Uh, Epicureanism was, I'll just briefly cover it, was was founded by Epicurus. um, And it was the rival school of Stoicism for several hundred years, uh, where the Stoics are mainly about um, living a virtuous life, uh, living according to nature, uh, focusing on just letting things be as they are and moving on. Uh, and and the, the, the Epicureans focused mainly on uh, pleasure-seeking. Now, a lot of people will confuse that with, oh, it's just pleasure-seeking. They're just all about, you know, just drink, eat, be merry, have sex all the time. Um, but Epicurus preached and spoke that taking, not overindulging is not good. Taking things too far uh, is not good. It's not something that you want to do. Um, we should focus on doing things that make us feel good, um, but you shouldn't overindulge. He even himself um, really only rarely would eat cheese. Uh, and there's, I think there's a quote of him. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but where he where he kind of talks about how only every once in a while he would indulge and eat a little bit of cheese and stuff like that. But I won't go any more into Epicureanism. Just a good point, good thing to point out that it was the rival school of Stoicism uh, for many years. Uh, but but in my but the way that I look at it, and, and again we'll go into it. You can really take the good of both, uh, take the lessons of both. And and learn from both and, and apply both in your life because though they are a little different, they're not. I don't. I don't know. I guess I don't really see the reason why they were rival schools because they definitely could have coexisted together. Nonetheless, uh, the main idea of Stoicism is that virtue is the ultimate good, kind of as I pointed out to, and that the wise live harmoniously with nature. Indifferent to what happens. That's key. Indifferent to what happens. We can't control other people. We can't control other things that that happen to us or happen around us. All that we can control is ourselves and the way that we look 
at the world. That is at the core of Stoicism. You can't control other things. You can't control other people. You can't control the things that happen to you. All that you have control over is yourself and your perspective. That's it. That's it. And happiness and a good life can be lived via via just focusing on that. And, and that's a huge lesson for a lot of people to learn. It's a huge lesson that I had to learn is the bad things that may happen to you, the things that you don't want to happen are okay. It's okay. It's a part of life. All your your only job is to remain calm, accept it, move on. Make the best of it that you can. Do the best that you can to to fix any problem that arises. But whatever happens happens. And that's a huge huge thing for I feel our world and our society to to get a grip on, you know, because a lot of us, we like to complain of things and life has become so easy, so much easier than it was, you know, back when stoicism was in its heyday, you know, where slavery was still a real thing, where, you know, you know, people didn't have television, people didn't have uh, electricity, people didn't have, you know, uh, cars, People didn't have cell phones. There were no airplanes. People worked hard. There was no chasing your passion. No, you go out into the field and you work. If you don't, you get exercised. You get kicked out of society. Either that or you get killed. And so it's something that I feel that um, that our society could definitely learn from, which is why Stoicism over the past couple of years has definitely uh, started to become much more prominent uh, in culture. It's still pretty unknown, but there are people out there um, definitely talking about it. Um, like Ryan Holiday, I think that's what his name is, the author who wrote Ego is the Enemy, uh, and several other folks too that are that are big into um, Stoicism, like Tim Ferriss. Uh, one of the most which is what I want to go into now, is one of the most prominent, if not the most prominent Stoics in history is a man by the name of Marcus Aurelius. You may have heard of him. Uh, they actually portrayed him in the movie Gladiator. Uh, and he was uh, the father of... Um, uh, God, what's that actor's name? Anyway, he was the old guy... That was uh, Maximus's like general or whatever before he died. The gray, the gray hair guy. Anyway, they that's Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius was uh, an emperor of Rome from I think 160 to 181 A.D. So 21 years, um, and his reign ended when he passed away. Uh, I think he just died of old age. Um. But he was a big, big, big proponent of Stoicism uh, and, and really embodied what it meant to be a Stoic, what it meant to, to take things as they are, accept them, and move on. Make the best of them that you can and move on. It's almost at the core of what it means to be a man, not um, trying to single out men and disregard women. I'm sure you know every um, this this podcast is for everybody, 
But if you look at it historically, it's kind of at the core of what being a man is. Um, Just accepting things as they are. Take it like a man, right? And, And move on. Fix whatever you can fix and move on. Um, but again, both men and women can learn from this and should. Um, just thinking traditionally here. But uh, it, it he, he definitely uh, embodied what it meant to be a Stoic. And when he passed away, they found that he had a diary, a journal, that he'd been writing to himself for over, over several years. They're not sure how long exactly or... Uh, I'm not sure that anyone really knows. The, the He would write passages to himself just about every day, every night. And they were never intended to be published. In fact, if he knew that they were published, uh, that they would end up being published, I'm sure he would be somewhat embarrassed by. Uh, but it's something that that whoever found them was very smart because they took this, they took uh, this journal and they went and published it. And it's called uh, the Meditations, simply the Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. If you've never heard of it, feel free to pick it up. Um, there's several different versions of it as it's been translated to English, um, because originally it was, I'm assuming, in Latin. Uh, but uh, it's it's. Definitely my favorite book of all time. Not in the sense that it's it's a book that you can like. It's like a novel where you you know there's stories and characters and such and things like that. Just one man, one person, one human being talking about his experiences and how he how he in his perspective on these on these uh, experiences and kind of reviewing himself how he acted versus how he maybe should have acted. Um, my favorite book of all time, The Meditations by Marcus Reyes. And so there's a couple passages that I want to go through here in uh, in this episode. Passage number one is in book book two. It's titled, On the River Gran Among the Quadi. Passage one. When you wake up in the morning, tell yourself, the people I deal with today will be meddling ungrateful, arrogant, dishonest, jealous, and surly. They are like this because they can't tell good from evil. But I have seen the beauty of good and the ugliness of evil, and have recognized that the wrongdoer has a nature related to my own, not of the same blood or birth, but of the same mind, and possessing a share of the divine. And so none of them can hurt me. None of them can implicate me in ugliness. Nor can I feel angry at my relative or hate him. We were born to work together like feet, hands, and eyes. Like the two rows of teeth, upper and lower. To obstruct each other is unnatural. To feel anger at someone to turn your back on him. These are obstructions. That's essentially how the book starts. Um, this one in particular has an intro, and then book one is uh, Marcus talks about various people in his life, family, 
members and mentors and things like that and how they um, impacted him and stuff like that. But this is essentially where I generally start. And this is probably my, I've been through this book at least three times. What, um, what Marcus is talking about in this, in this particular passage is that we can't, again, going back to that core tenet, we can't control other people. We can't control other people. Some people are going to get mad. Some people are going to take things too far. People are going to say mean things to you, do mean things to you, look at you in a mean way. To get angry at that person is an obstruction. It goes against nature. It goes against what you were put on this earth to do. Just like the teeth that are in your mouth that are working together to chew up that food that you eat, we were put on this earth to work together to accomplish things that we need to accomplish, to get things done. And one thing that he that he tends to go back to again and again is that a lot of people will, you know, act incorrectly and will say bad things and will be a little aggressive. And what his only duty is, to accept it and to correct them and move on. That's it. That's a huge lesson for a lot of people to learn. And I wish a lot of people in our society today could learn. And like I guess, like I said, some people are. But it's something that once I started to take into my own personal life, it really started to affect me and to change me. And I started to look at uh, the way that I communicate with people uh, a little bit differently. And I started to, um, like a little tidbit here, instead of getting angry at someone now when someone, you know, maybe acts a little aggressive towards me, I, saw, I think to myself, you know, what is going on in this person's life? Maybe there's something going on in their job, with their family, with school, something going on with them that's making them stressed. Maybe they're just projecting onto me and onto the world around them what they're feeling internally. Not that I caused this anger and this frustration, but something else did. And many people are not aware of this and not able to control their emotions but if you are if you are aware of this then you take that that higher ground and you can control the situation and act as a stoic would act big big thing i want to point out real quick before we move on stoicism the philosophy is much different than what we think of as a stoic nowadays someone who is stoic uh, in the dictionary, maybe you'll find it in like the Webster Dictionary or something. It'll say someone who, you know, like lacks emotion or pushes emotions to the side. That is not what Stoicism is. Stoic Stoicism, you feel the emotions. The emotions are there. It's just that you become hyper aware of them and you accept things as they are. You accept things as they are. And you move on. No point in dwelling on something that you cannot control. Again, all you can control is yourself and the, th and the way that you look at things. You can't control other people. You can't control the weather. You can't control your boss. You can't control your teachers. You can't control school. You can't control any of this. All you can control, you can't control the traffic. All you can control is yourself and your perspective.
that is what a stoic is. That's what stoicism is. The second passage is in book three. Your ability to control your thoughts, treat it with respect. It's all that protects your mind from false perceptions, false to your nature and to that of all rational beings. It's what makes thoughtfulness possible and affection for other people and submission to the divine. Again, going back to that core tenant, all you can control is yourself and your perception. Your thoughts are included in that, included in your perception. What you think is how you perceive things. If you think, if you tend to blow things out of proportion, then things will seem bigger than they actually are and worse than they actually are. If you accept them and don't make too much of a fuss about them, then they won't be. Look at some people in third world countries who should not be as happy as someone, let's say, in the United States or another first world country like Germany or, or uh, I don't know, France or um, maybe even Japan, South Korea. Or if there's someone in a, in a, in a third world country like the Congo, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, or someone who's even homeless in a first world country. Many times these people are much happier than the people who have a lot of stuff, who have a lot of money, who have a lot of things. It's your perspective on life that makes your life how it will be, makes you how happy you will be. Treat that with respect. Always pay attention to this. Never forget it. Always pay attention to it. The third passage here is in book four. Our inward power, when it obeys nature, reacts to the events by accommodating itself to what it faces, to what is possible. It needs no specific material. It pursues its own aims as circumstances allow. It turns obstacles into fuel. As a fire overwhelms what would have quenched a lamp, what's thrown on top of the conflagration is absorbed, consumed by it, and makes it burn still higher. So what this is saying... is that we need to take whatever obstacles we are faced with and use them as fuel. We need to use them to make us stronger rather than things making us weaker, things bogging us down. We need to take these things come into our lives that we would generally think are bad and we need to use them as strength 
as fuel to add to the fire, to make us stronger, to make us wiser. What's better than that? Rather than, you have three options. You can let it take over and put you down. You can uh, just, just accept it, which is great. And then, heck, even take it further, like he's saying here. Turn it into fuel and make it make you stronger. Marcus was a very intelligent man. One of the biggest uh, things that I've heard, maybe the biggest criticisms, and it's not really even a criticism, it's just something that people have mentioned, is that Marcus was an emperor. Marcus was the ruler of the known world. It wasn't the whole world, but it was the ru- he was the ruler of the known world at the time for people that lived in that area. He had the ultimate power over anything and everything, over life itself. And so how could he, how could, you know, all this, you know, life for him is easy. This doesn't apply to him. But ask yourself how many people would be able to write down like this and try to become a better person every single day if they had that sort of power? How many people would be corrupted by that sort of power and just go on a rampage eating everything they can eat, drinking everything they can drink, having sex with anybody that they could have sex with. Well, this man was controlled, was calculated in his moves and in his actions. He was a man of his word. He was a man of honor. And he is someone that we can all learn from and take his lessons and apply them in our lives to live better. So, uh, this was kind of a short podcast. I wish I could go into it a little bit further, but uh, I will stop it right there. Really do appreciate you uh, listening, and we will continue on. The Stoics are not done. I will definitely come back to this soon. I really do appreciate it. Again, go ahead and go to www.berrybera.com, B-E-R-I-B-E-R-A.com. Grab yourself a meditation cushion for 25% off now through the 17th. Take care. Thank you.